Our scripture this morning is from the third chapter of the epistle to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, we will read verses 12 to 16. As we continue our study through Philippians, would you please stand for the reading of scripture. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your word. We pray that by the power of your spirit, you would come and speak to us and draw us up into your holy presence that we would leave this place knowing we have heard from God. Lord, I cannot speak in any such way as that, but you can. And we pray that as you speak to us, that we would see the Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up, that his sheep would hear his voice and follow him. So, Speak to us now. Drive away every hindrance, every opposing power. We might hear your voice in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, amen. Be seated, please. Normally we say, don't strain yourself. But here the Apostle Paul says, do strain yourself. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The Christian life is a working life. It requires Effort. Paul sometimes compares the Christian life to the training and fighting of a soldier. At other times, the work and patience of a farmer. All the images Paul uses to describe the Christian life involve work, discipline, perseverance. And the passage before us is no different. Here, Paul describes the Christian life in athletic terms, a race. And the image here is of a runner pushing himself, straining towards the finish line. So Paul says, strain yourself. Let's get to it. First in this passage, you see the imperfection of the Christian life, the imperfection of Of the Christian life. Look at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Paul says he is not yet perfect. Not that I have already 
attained this. Attained what? Go back to verse 10. This is what Paul wants. That I may know him, that's Jesus. That I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. This is what Paul wants. This is what every true child of God should want. To know Jesus. To know the power of his resurrection in your life and becoming like him in his death. Now, look at verse 11. That by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. This is the path that leads to the final resurrection. Now, this is not what gives us a right to the resurrection. We don't earn it, but it is the way of life that leads to the resurrection. And it's an ongoing path, a path of knowing Jesus, the power of His resurrection, and being made conformable to Him in His death. No one comes to that point perfectly in this life. The best Christian can know Jesus more and better. The best Christian can know more of the power of the resurrection. The best Christian needs to be more conformed to Jesus in his death. Now, all true believers know these realities to some extent. All true believers know Jesus. They know the power of his resurrection. They are being made increasingly conformed to him in his death. (coughs) But they have not arrived yet. Being made like Jesus in his death means denying myself, counting others more important than myself, humbling myself, sacrificing myself. That's what Jesus did in his death. He did it ultimately and perfectly. And I don't. Paul did not either. He came a whole lot closer than I do, but he was not perfectly conformed to Jesus. No one is in this life. You see the imperfection of the Christian life. Secondly, in this passage, you see the security of the Christian life, the security of the Christian life. Look at verse 12 again. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. You see here the context in which Paul is striving for the perfection he has not attained. He says he presses on to make it his own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Jesus has already taken Paul. He's already received him. 
Paul already belongs to Jesus. I have not become perfectly conformed to Jesus yet, but he already has me. That's the order of the Christian life. Our salvation is not based on our progress. Our progress is based on our salvation. We are saved by the person and work of Jesus, not ourselves. We cannot do it. Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus alone could pray to the Father, I have finished the work you gave me to do. I stand before God on the basis of Jesus' life, not mine. He has lived for me. And I stand before God on the basis of Jesus' death. He has died for me. Upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die. Another's life, another's death, I stake my whole eternity. And in the meantime, what progress I make comes from Jesus, from knowing Him and the power of His resurrection in my life. So while Paul says he is not there yet, in another sense, he is. He has not yet become like Jesus as much as he will. And none of us has already become as much like Jesus as we will. But Paul and we now already belong to Jesus as much as we ever will. We will be made perfect one day. But we will belong to Jesus on that day no more than we belong to him now if we are in him by faith. That's the security of the Christian life. So you see the security, the imperfection of the Christian life, the security of the Christian life. Thirdly in this passage, you see the work of the Christian life. Look at verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul belongs to Jesus. He's safe. But that does not mean he's not doing anything. If you are sharing the gospel with someone and wondering as you're trying to tell them about salvation in Jesus Christ and you you wonder, am I making any sense to them or am I totally blowing this opportunity? One way you can usually tell if you are on the right track presenting the gospel to them Usually if you do, they will interrupt and ask you, if what you're saying is true, why should I obey? Why should I try to do any better or live right or or some 
words to that effect. I've been asked that. And when I am asked that question, my usual practice is to say, I'm so glad you asked me that. It shows your understanding the gospel message. See, someone could say to Paul, Jesus has already made you his own. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose again for you. It's done. You're set. Why concern yourself with all this work? We might say to Paul, it's all been done. Don't strain yourself, man. But Paul says, I do strain myself. I'm not working to be saved, but I'm working out my salvation. Now let's think about the work of the Christian life here. Here in verse 13, he first describes the direction of it. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. He's not resting on his laws. You know, in the ancient world, the winner of a race was crowned with a laurel wreath. When someone is content with past success and no longer making the effort, Say he's resting on his laws. Paul is not resting on his past accomplishments. He is forgetting what lies behind and pressing on. You know, a simple, practical way to tell if you really know Jesus is you will be more overwhelmed with how far you have to go to be like him, then you will be proud of how far you've made it. If you're impressed with yourself, you're not close to Jesus. You know, if you went to the gym one afternoon to, to play basketball and Zion Williamson just happened to be there for some odd reason and he had on a pair of shoes that didn't explode, when you got home, you would not be saying, you should have seen me, honey. I was at the top of my game today. If you're in the presence of the top player in the nation and mostly impressed at how good you think you are, something is bad wrong. Paul is looking ahead, not behind. You look behind, you're looking at your own accomplishments. Or failures, you look ahead. You look into Jesus. That's the direction of the work. Paul also brings to our attention the discipline of the work. Twice in the passage, Paul says he presses on, and once he says he strains forward. It's work, it's discipline. It hurts. Paul's aim and goal is conformity to Jesus in his death, self-sacrificing, self-denying. If I'm going to be conformed to Jesus, 
It's got to hurt sometime, somewhere. I am going to have to be broken and reset because I, by nature, am headed in the opposite direction. I am selfish and narcissistic. Martin Luther said man's basic problem is that he's turned in on himself. For a man who's turned in on himself, for a race of people turned in on ourselves to be conformed to the self-sacrificing, self-denying, self-emptying of Jesus Christ in his death is going to require pain, breaking, resetting. It requires discipline. Paul here is using athletic imagery of straining forward to the finish line. Think of the discipline Roger Bannister put in to breaking the four-minute mile for the first time in recorded history. Think about it. As unreal as it seems to run a mile in under four minutes, that's less of a stretch than for a sinner to be conformed to Jesus. So that's the direction and the, the discipline of the work. And Paul also shows us the call to the work. In verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God calls us to this struggle, this discipline in Christ, and it is his call that empowers us to do what it is that he calls us to do. He calls us to the work, the work of the Christian life. So you see the imperfection of the Christian life, the security of the Christian life, the work of the Christian life. Fourthly, in this, in this passage, you see the prize of the Christian life. Look at verse 14 again. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's the prize? Go back to verse 11. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's the prize. Final, perfect conformity to and fellowship with Jesus Christ. As Jesus was resurrected and glorified, so in the last day we will be resurrected and glorified and ever be with the Lord. The prize of the Christian life is to be with Jesus and to be like Jesus. He himself is our prize. You see, the imperfection, the security, the work, and the prize of the Christian life, and fifthly and finally... In this passage, we see the attitude of the Christian life. Look at verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Paul says, let those of us who are mature think this way. There's an interesting thing is that the person who is really mature, he thinks like Paul. He has not made it. And so he 
presses on the closer to perfection a believer gets the less impressed he is with his own progress. The closer to perfection a believer gets, the less impressed he is with his own progress. Because the closer he gets to perfection, the closer he gets to Jesus, the more focused he becomes on Jesus. And the closer he gets to Jesus, the more he wants to strain. He himself is our prize, our crown of glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.